Tommy and a big Mitt Romney. <laughs> oh dear. I just. <laughs> I had the idea right before you pressed record. I'm like, this will be hilarious when people listen to the podcast. And maybe they're, you're on your way to work. I don't know. You're on the subway. You're. <laughs> I just I wish I could see your faces when when I when I start the show with like a bad like eighties rap about politics. I'm like it'll be so shocking and off putting because I was looking at my list of notes of things that I wanted to talk about. <laughs> and it's like Rudy Giuliani and Mitt Romney. I don't know. With the Rudy Giuliani and a boo Mitt Romney. We'll talk about a booed Mitt Romney. Let's start with that, and then we'll get to Rudy. Booed Mitt Romney is is way more fun. Oh, welcome to the show, everybody. It's the Loftus Party Podcast. I'm sure you know where you are. Maybe you've stumbled across it for the first time. If you did, welcome aboard. Why are those pants still on? Here's the way the show works. Uh, the the Liberty Gypsy, the, the sweet, sweet Gimlet, and I will be talking about uh, politics and pop culture. A lot of politics. We're going to do that for a couple of segments, and then uh, if we have a guest, we have some we have some great guests on the show, but we don't have guests every week. It's it is what it is. Uh, but we love our guests, and then we're going to do a segment uh, with one of the contributors to theloftestparty.com, Paul Hare, uh, who's a fantastic author and a, and a wonderful human being. So we'll do a couple segments about politics. Then we'll talk about what's going on in the internet and pop culture with what a segment we call What's on the Web with Paul. And then the Gimlet and I will scooch over and do a It's an Extra segment for the Patreon people. Now, don't think there's some kind of weird giant, uh, oh, it's 20 bucks a month to be on. We're not going to. What, what are we, dicks? What are we, jackholes? No, it's a couple bucks. It's a couple bucks. But it all goes to. Advertising for the channel, doing that kind of thing so we can grow. Because the more people are here, the more fun we're going to have. So we're going to start with something I believe happened last night. I'm sure you saw it, uh, Gimlet, with Mitt Romney doing a speech at the old. He was doing a speech in Utah for the old GOP people. And he just got Mm -hmm. the crap booed out of him. The crap. And I'm going to be honest. I... I it's a I was a little conflicted on it. I didn't want I watched it with joy, but I didn't dance with joy. But I watched it with joy. He needs to, he needs to hear it, and I think everybody in the GOP needs to hear it. Boo, boo, resounding boos. And then at one point, Mitt Romney's like, "Aren't you, aren't you embarrassed? Aren't you embarrassed?" And I'm like, "Dude, aren't you? Aren't you?" Oh, he deserves to be booed. He deserves to be booed. He is, he's like the, in my opinion, the poster child uh, for the spineless, feckless, just, he's not, he does not, in my opinion, represent the will of the people he's supposed to represent. Yeah, I know, and the bummer part of it is he's not up for re-election until 24. Oof. Ugh, we're stuck with him. So was was stuck with Mitt. Was stuck with Mitt. Stuck with Mitt. That's awful. I have to think it made the rounds, right? You you have to think like Ted Cruz heard about that and was like, "Yep, see, that's why I told you." And 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 hopefully other GOP. Hey, 
Speaking of people getting booed, uh, is Liz Cheney almost gone? Am I getting that right? Is she? Yeah, I think she's going to get herself booted out of leadership. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, wait. Not like go- she won't be gone until 2020, you know, election time 2022. Mm-hmm. She has a primary challenger. And I, I'm, it's always hard to predict, right? Like she's a big deal in the state and all that kind of stuff. But, um, she just hates Republican voters, so I don't even know why she would want to run as a Republican at this point. You bring up – so this is good. This is good because I was shocked the other night. I've Listen, I've been in a uh, – I've been in a pretty sweet little pocket over mm-hmm. here in terms of how my life be working. And mm-hmm. I'm in this re- – I'm in a rhythm. I'm in a rhythm. Uh, which, whatever. One of the things is, like, I, I always watch the opening to Tucker, and I about fell off the couch the other night when Tucker started going after Frank Luntz. Oh, I was like, whoa! I was... I I didn't know... I'm conflicted about this one, too. I'm conflicted about... Tucker says, well, we're not going after Frank Luntz. He's a perfectly fine human being, and I, he's, a, he's a nice enough fellow. However, and then he, he keeps going on. Like, he's trying to get Frank Luntz canceled from the, uh, from the GOP and all that other stuff. I had no idea, though, how much stuff that old Frank Luntz does with the big, you know, big pharma and for all these other big tech companies. And then he's also whispering in the ear of GOP leadership. And that would explain a lot. That would explain a lot with his little focus groups and he's all over the media. And it's like, because that is, and this goes to Mitt Romney getting booed. It's like, how are these people in the GOP so out of touch? Like, who is giving them this horrible advice? And it, it, where are they getting these ideas from? And it goes back to it goes back to the 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 border wall. But like, how many? Well, first of all, let's get. What are your thoughts on the whole uh, Tucker Carlson uh, Frank Luntz deal? Well, I mean, I think this goes to the Mitt Romney deal and the Frank Luntz deal, and and a bigger thing that's going on within both parties at this point. So, if you take a look at who Frank Luntz is aligned with that used to be like the Republicans core, right? The chamber of commerce, the Republicans didn't break with the chamber of commerce until the 2020 election. So that's a change, right? Yeah. So the, the party, I mean, if you're listening to like Ted Cruz and, Josh Hawley and these other people, um, we're not taking money from corporate PACs. They sound like Bernie Sanders. Well, for, for that so, one little thing, yeah. Well, no, no but I mean, it's... It, I think Brad Todd, who is a political consultant, who wrote a book after the election of Trump, um, trying to explain what happened, why people all over the Midwest voted for Obama twice and then voted for Trump, right? Yeah. After the 2020 election, he said, if you look what happened at the House level, 
He said there is a working class multiracial ethos going on in the Republican Party right now. That is a big change. And I think you're going to continue to see that change. And so when you hear like the Democrats talking about working families, they're talking about it in the language of woke university students, right? Environmental justice, racial justice, all these justices that when you put justice on the end, it just doesn't mean anything to the point where both the DNC chair and James Carville came out and said, we got to, we got to start talking to people in plain English. And I'm like, no, because then you're going to lose all your college educated voters. (laughs) Like you guys don't understand the party has changed any more than the Republicans are really, except for a few are really understanding that the party has changed. Like when you look at the Mitt Romney's of the world and the Frank Luntz's of the world and the Liz Cheney's of the world, right? Yeah. They were part of the Republican Party that did Wilsonian adventurism around the world trying to do, you know, democracy building in countries that are never going to have a democracy because of their religious affiliation. Yes. They were for free trade with no barriers, right? So let's just have asymmetrical trade with everyone. Can I just boil it down to a nutshell? Yeah. So we're not it's like who's going to represent me? That's what it all boils down to. Who's going to represent me, the individual? And like you're saying, with like Liz Cheney and these people who are nation building and all this other stuff, what are we doing? What are we doing? Look around your neighborhood. Your neighborhood's jacked up. Who's going to help me? Who's going to represent me? And when, when Mitt Romney's like, hey, I know this isn't a popular thing with you all, but here's what we need to, I need to convince you guys that this is what's in your best interest. That's when you go off the rails. And when Liz Cheney mm-hmm. goes out on her little thing, that's when she goes off the rail. And when these big freaking cigar smoking, suit wearing douchebags and think tanks are like, here's why we need to stay involved. Here's why we need to make sure uh, Pakistani social programs and gender studies, that's, that should not be more important than your own citizens. This is a mm-hmm. good one. This is well, we stumbled into some goodness here. It well, all boils actually, down to who's listening to the people. Who's li- This whole thing is off the rails. This whole country is off the rails. And, and what happened with, with, uh, with the Donald back in 2016 was a crazy fluke. But I'm going to – I've said it before and I'll say it again. It was not that Donald Trump was some great Pied Piper convincing people to do some crap against their will. Finally. The American people were like, okay, that guy's going to do what we want. That's why I voted for him. Mm-hmm. I'm getting what I want. And these freaking brainiacs who keep trying to make it so confusing and blah, 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 blah. Just for the love of God, just listen, listen to the people you claim to represent. Okay, I'm off my soapbox. Well, what I think. Yeah. Is Republicans need to stop being reactionary to the Biden agenda. And they need to go back to Newt Gingrich all in 1994 and put out a contract with America. Call it a contract for prosperity. Call it something. And you need to give us six things that you're for. Yes. 
We are for ending asymmetrical trade with China. We want our critical industries to come back. We will provide subsidies for them to do it. Blah, 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 blah. So we want pharmaceuticals made here. Yeah. Just anything, anything. Just give us six things. We're going to zero out the budget. You know, Newt Gingrich said that back in 1994, and you still haven't done it. People still want you to do it. <laughs> it's 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 craziness. It's the insanity. And this is where, like, I've uh, crossed the Rubicon, if you will. I wrote a thing at theloftestparty.com uh, about the border. When do we and it's when do we actually do something about the border? And and you'll be bored by this because we've been talking about it for weeks. But this to me is a great example of the problem. And this is like what when when you when you do your uh, the contract with America or the contract with the people or the con whatever you want to call that contract. And it's the six things you're for. You need to take positive action. You need mm -hmm. to. You can't just talk about it. Like and I'm mm -hmm. I'm sick. I'm so sick and tired about people arguing about the border stop arguing about it people need and, and I'm, I'm calling for this now openly i put it in print citizens need to get involved your government has failed you your government has failed you we need to pick up the pieces we need to be able to protect our borders coronavirus that's one reason you're bringing in a pandemic you might be you don't know how many people are coming in the drugs the fentanyl uh, our foreign adversaries, they've already busted people who are on no-fly lists for coming in. We don't know who's coming into our country, especially in a time of pandemic. For the federal government to do nothing, that's a failure. You're, the government has failed. It's time for us, the people, to take over. I'm, I'm just at least on the border. I'm talking about the situation at the border. People need to go down there and they need to stop it. And it will escalate. And things will get ugly and things will get bad. But that is the kind of I'm I'm going full uh, uh, Paul Revere uh, in the beginning of this country. Then then something will happen and it will shine a spotlight on it and enough talking, enough talking. And it's not that hard. You you just do it. And these people look like idiots. And, and this goes to the, the contract you were talking about as well. We we need to demand that they uphold the law. Portland, they're rioting again in Portland. Oh, they're not just rioting. Well, they've been rioting for 100 days. Now they've threatened to kill the mayor. Yeah, the people of Portland, the people of Portland have to stand up. Your government has failed you. Your government has failed you. Completely. So you need to get your friends together and get organized and you need to start I, I would start saying, make a citizen's arrest. You just have to stand your ground. I'm going to protect this piece of property. Here come the Antifa people. I hope you have more than the Antifa people. And it's going to get ugly and people will get hurt. Hopefully it's not you. But the people need to stand. It's, it, we're, we're past. And it's not that hard. And, and to go back to what you were saying. Governments, you're to, to protect our rights. We, we need law and order. We need to be able to protect our property. That's all the government has to do. Stay out of all this other crap. It, it's please. Yeah. This, this, this all contract with America. It up. <laughs> it, 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 yes. Yes. And then you can go, uh, what, and this is what I think we're in the middle of now is screwing it up on purpose for, mm -hmm. 
for the sake of, well, the only people who can pick up the pieces of this uh, ruined system is the federal government. And then the federal oh, government uh-huh. will have more power. And it's what they're doing <clears throat> with the police all over the, 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 the nation. Okay, so we'll come in. The federal government will step in and look at your police department. Then we'll tell you how to change it and we'll tell you what to do. And, oh, you can't do that? Well, we'll set in some federal. And this is a very, very dangerous thing as this federal Uh government gets bigger and bigger and bigger because you will get more events like and we're going to spend – we're almost to 20 minutes now. We might go a little bit long on this on the A block because it goes to the Rudy Giuliani. I want to make it I want to make it sound like I know what I'm doing because I opened up with Rudy Giuliani and Abood Mitt Romney. What just happened to Rudy Giuliani should shock, scare and horrify everyone. Okay. I did a I did a video about this. And when you think about it, it's terrifying. How they swooped in on Mitt Romney. Biden's been up there for a hundred and some odd days, a few months, and already mm-hmm. the feds are like, ooh, we're coming to get you, Rudy. We're coming to get you. And they grabbed his uh, laptop, cell phones, electronics, but oddly enough, they didn't want a copy of Hunter Biden's uh, laptop. They didn't want those hard drives. They explicitly nope. didn't want those. Because if they had them, then they'd have to look at them and they'd have to deal with them. Mm-hmm. So our boy Bill Barr and our, our boy Durham, and this is the one that I just keep I keep hitting this drumbeat. And I apologize to the people who, who subscribe to the YouTube channel. But when when you think about these things, uh, and, and I don't know if you knew this, Stacey, I might have a piece of information you didn't have. There was an update on the Durham investigation. Just oh, uh, you do have a piece of information I don't have in March, just just in March. So I was doing some research for one of my videos. Guess what he was proud to announce? He's ready. What? He's ready to begin the interview process. He's ready what? to begin. Yeah. Yeah. John Durham has been investigating this whole FISA abuse and the spying on the Donald and all this stuff. And back in March, somebody's like, hey, what's up with that? And Durham's office is like, we're ready to begin the interview process. That is uh, what we like to call dragging your feet. That's what we like to call slow rolling. Because the more distance you get from something, and this is the playbook. This is the playbook I looked, I learned from Cheryl Atkinson. You drag something out, you drag something out, you drag something out. And then people are like, hey, what's up with that? And then they say, wow, you're still talking about that? Wow, that's ancient history. That's what they're doing. So this also goes to the FBI and Hunter Biden. Hunter Biden, they've had his laptop. They've been looking into him for the the money laundering and the financial stuff since 2018. And on December 20th of the year 2020, the people who are investigating Hunter Biden's financial dealings, they also proudly announced they're ready to begin the interview process. You've they they've been they've they've had this stuff for years. And now they're ready to begin the interview process. 
So this is why you have people chanting, lock her up, lock her up with Hillary Clinton. And then just like clockwork, they go, wow, you're still talking about that? You're still talking about Yes, we are, because we're deeply concerned. We're deeply concerned that justice is not blind. We're deeply concerned that there are two sets of rules. And if you have a big D in front of your name, nothing bad seems to happen to you. You kind of get rewarded. Hunter's going to be given a speech at Tulane about the fake news. So not only do you not get investigated, you get elevated unless you're Rudy Giuliani. And then, bam, they are on you like stink on crap. And they come to get you. And like, and you know what they're getting them for? You know what they're investigating Rudy for? Failing to register as a foreign agent. Yep, same thing they did with Flynn. Same thing they did with Paul Manafort. Mm-hmm. And with Manafort, uh, he was in business with uh, John Podesta's brother. And the FBI, they go, they go to, they go to Manafort, and they go, "Hey, you didn't register as a as a foreign representative. You're going down, buddy." And to Podesta's brother, like, "Hey, dude." Um, you never registered as a foreign agent. He's like, yeah, my email wasn't working that day. Can I send it now? And they're like, yeah, absolutely. Here's the form. Fill that out. You're good, buddy. We can't do it. We can't keep doing that. Okay. What a hell of an A block. What a hell of an A block. We got so much more to come. You got so much more stuff going on. Stick around. We will be right back with some more wonderfulness. The Gimlet and myself. Tired of paying outrageous prices for Viagra? Well, we have great news for you. Now you can finally get Viagra at huge discounts. Healthy Man allows you to save up to $500 on Viagra. Why pay U.S. pharmacy prices of $15 per pill or more when you can get Viagra for less than $3 a pill? Call today and get 40 Viagra pills for only $99. This can cost as much as $600 at your local pharmacy. You can't afford not to call us. If you want Viagra at the lowest prices, never pay $15 a pill pharmacy prices again. Get Viagra for less than $3 a pill. Call 1-800-516-7602 today and save up to $500 and get 40 pills for just $99. Healthy Man is fast, easy, and affordable. Operators are waiting at 1-800-516-7602 to take your call right now. Call 1-800-516-7602. That's 1-800-516-7602. Again, 1-800-516-7602. Welcome back. Welcome back. What a great show. I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it on this one. Okay. So we're talking about things going off the rails and up is down and all that traditional (laughs) stuff. But I think it has gone too far. However, I think there's enough people who can stand up and make it right. I think, (laughs) seriously, left, left, right, and center. I, I believe now. It's it's common sense versus uh, insane people, for lack of a better term, and and because mm-hmm. it's in it's insane. Because the the reason I use the word insane is because you're just denying reality. 
it's like we talk about the, there's people who are living in this naive box and they expect everyone else and the world to behave as if they're in the same naive box. And that's just it, it flies in the face of reality. The the lengths that people will go to to deny reality and try to change reality is is now uh, shocking and, and stunning. First of all, you got you got the mainstream media with years and years and years of, you know, Donald Trump's a Russian asset. No, he's a spy. And they, they never apologize for that. They never apologize for that. Nope. They just you, you go, hey, that was a giant lie. And they go, well, we have an obligation to tell the story. They don't care. They don't care if you call him a hypocrite. They don't care if you call him a liar. They don't care. They don't care. They don't care. There's a bigger agenda. I was well, they had major retractions today on Giuliani. Yes. Mm-hmm. Big retractions there on Giuliani. But the thing that I was really, the ones that really creep me out and that are like a Twilight Zone moment is uh, USA Today going back into old ar- articles yep. and changing them. Mm-hmm. Like Stacey Abrams was talking smack and is on the record. She said it. It's in print. It was a matter of public record. And then USA Today is like, you know, what? we're going to give you we're going to give you a hand. We're going to go back and we're going to change this article. So it looks like you never said it. That is terrifying. Mm-hmm. That's that that USA would go. USA Today would go that far. Are they, are, you know, whatever. It's USA Today. But still, come on. That's that's scary. That's like 1984 stuff. That's George Orwell stuff. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. And now, to get something that I know is high on your uh, hit list of stuff to talk about, we have new information, and I'm gonna I'm gonna hand the reins over to you about who's really making the decisions about what's in your best interest. Is it the CDC, or is it a union, Gimlet? Well. It appears, according to documents reviewed by the New York Post, that the unions definitely impacted the CDC's return to school guidelines that everybody looked at and said, huh? Yeah. Like, we all know the science. We all know the science. I'm children spreading it. Like, I'm sitting here and, I mean, direct emails and a phone call between the CDC director, Dr. Rochelle Walensky, and Randy Weingarten the head of the American Federation of Teachers, who is just about one of the worst human beings on the planet. I mean, I'm just sitting here and I'm like, parents, okay. And then, can I just say, do you remember when I said in January that the way they were going to manage the pandemic to make Biden look good is they were going to dial down the cycle threshold on the tests at some point around 100 days and everything was going to be better? Gimlet, I remember it like it was yesterday. And I look forward to the time when we have a production crew. Because this would be, I'm not even kidding you, this would be, and they do it on Fox all the time where, where they have, you know, production assistants and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. This would be the perfect time just to play that clip. Just to play that clip, I remember it like it was yesterday. We're talking about the tests, and you dial them up to here. You dial them up to here, and you're going to get all these positives. 
Then mm-hmm. you and I were having this discussion, and you called it. You freaking called it. It happens all the time on this show. <laughs> Where we're like, Biden will get in office. So- they'll, wait a little, they'll wait a little bit. Then they'll dial it down and like, look, it's going away. And it will be going away, but also it'll look even that much better. I'm sorry. I interrupted. Go ahead. So there's a lot of Twitter talk that they have somewhere issued new guidelines, taking it from 40 down to 30. Yeah. And I have actually found the document where they're testing people post-vaccination to test for breakthrough infections. Mm-hmm. They're using a cycle threshold of 28. Yeah. Yeah. So let's go. <laughs> let's go big picture on this. I love it so much. So here we have the teachers unions. Influencing the Center for Disease Control about what is safe for your kids so they can slow walk how they're going back to work and do better and contract and renegotiate. So you have teachers unions affecting the health of the public. They're they're ready to go that far. You've got USA Today ready to go so far as to go back in time and change what uh, Stacey Abrams said. You've got people willing to adjust the, the tests to to change the outcome of how many people test positive and how many people and this is the perception of the disease da, da, da. so that those are those are realities those are things that happened or are happening Th- that's concrete reality then okay. CNN CNN comes out with this poll and it's supposed to shock us that 70% of uh Republicans uh don't believe that that this last presidential election was on the up and up. Yeah, I'm one of them. Did you read the article in Time Magazine? Did anybody at CNN read that article? It's it's like you're trying to shame people for going, yeah, this doesn't feel, this doesn't feel. Have we ever done an election like this before? Have we ever had this giant mail-in balloting? Have we ever, have we ever, have we ever? No. Have people ever stopped just counting in the middle of the night in every swing state for no apparent reason? Right? Have you ever like, have you ever kicked people uh, out of society for questioning an election? I remember when it was a very popular thing to do. Exactly. Have you it ever was, had? It was done during Bush's inauguration. It was done during Trump's inauguration. It's like it's, it's a rite of passage. We want to like, recount. We're so okay. Jake Tapper yesterday, and I was just like. Dude, you used to have some credibility on the right, and you just, like, took it, struck a match, and lit it up, right? Yeah. He's actually going through Republican, like, the GOP and the, um, Ronna McDaniel and all these different Twitter accounts about things that were wrong with the election and going, this tweet is still up, this tweet is still up, this tweet is still up. I just finally quote tweeted, I'm like, hey, Jake. How many CNN contributors still have tweets up about Russian collusion? I said, you just hired Natasha Bertrand, one of the primary hoax pushers. Yeah. And like, stop gaslighting me, you asshole. And I guess that's, that is the, uh, it bores me as a human being to constantly talk about hypocrisy, hypocrisy. However, I think it has to keep happening. You can never stop. Like, they're not going they're not going to be shamed into stopping but the good part of the good part of pointing it out is uh the generation behind you 
because I have to constantly remind myself there's people who aren't in this as deep as we are. And by constant by pointing out the hypocrisy, there might be some kid who's like, you know, just turned 18. It's the first time he's going to vote and he, and he or she thinks they know what's on the up and up. And then they come across, you know, some pundit pointing out hypocrisy. So don't ever stop. Don't ever stop. You guys. Well, I mean, as long, as, out you hypocrisy. Yeah, but as long as you understand they don't care. Right. Right. Yeah, they don't it's, care. But like, here's the other thing. Here's the other thing about that testing thing. Yeah. And I had to put it behind the paywall and it made me so mad because I think everybody in America should know this. Okay. Everybody in America needs to know that when you went to a testing site, they shoved that thing up your nose and they magnified it as big as they could to find any little piece of viral RNA that might have may or may not have been from COVID, right? In the absence yeah. of symptoms, then they treated you like you were like hazardous material and sent you home for 14 days. They shut down businesses. They, I, I, they put masks on our kids based on those tests. They shut down the schools. We now have a ton of like stage four breast cancers that weren't discovered because people didn't get routine screening last year. Okay. Yeah. I want somebody's head on a freaking block. The fraud uh, perpetrated on the American people, and I want a freaking congressional investigation. We how do we make that happen? I don't know because I can't post this article to Facebook or anybody else in front of a paywall. Why don't you put That's it at the right. Oh. Put it at the put it when you can. I don't know what I don't know what your arrangement is with with you know whatever site you're on, or 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 rewrite. Do put it at theloftestparty.com. This is what the question was kind of rhetorical. How do we make that happen? I know, but then if you post it on Facebook because of the content, they'll censor your page. Right. So you can't advertise it on Facebook. And then right. here is here is what here is what I or said. Or Twitter or like. That's yeah. why that's why you have to go with wherever it is you're paid to post or putting it at the loftestparty.com. This is the business strategy. This is my business strategy. People. More people, more people, more people. Amplify, amplify, amplify. And this is I talk about it on the Facebook and I just want I'm doing this now and I'm coming I'm this is I'm being very earnest right now. This is not comedy. I say it all the time on the live streams, more people. We need more people, more people, more people for events such as this. Like you've got this article and it's it's tucked behind a paywall and, and we can't put it on Twitter and you can't put it on Facebook or we'll know we'll be censored. That's, the, that's a horrible what? reality. That's a horrible reality. Now, if there were, and I'm just gonna, I'm gonna let's say there was, Let's say there was uh, a million people that, mm-hmm. that followed the Loftus Party on Facebook. And I go on Facebook and I go, go to theloftusparty.com. Trust me on this one. We got something you're going to want to see. It was written by the Liberty Gimlet. That's all I would have to say. I don't get in any trouble. Nobody gets censored. Everything's good. They go to the Loftus Party. Now, of that million people, only a small percentage of, of that million actually will do the thing and click the click. So if it's... 10%, that's still a big number, you guys. 
and this is what I want to do. It's it's uh, it's a it's a populist movement. I want to be able to do things with this community that we're building. So if we have if we have a hundred thousand people that actually that would actually imagine this, a hundred thousand people that actually click the click. And they go and they read it, and then they're outraged, and then they leave comments. What do we do? And then we go. We want a congressional investigation. Here, we're going to call. The, we're going to tomorrow. Here's the email. Write an email. Here's the phone number. We're all going to make phone calls. So, out of the 100,000 people who click the click, maybe only 10% of those will actually write the email or make the phone call. But that's still a huge number. So to get. 10,000 people motivated. Can you imagine the insane changes that we could actually make in the way this country's going if we could just get 10, if we could get 1,000 people? It's what excites me. It what's, I, I tell you what, it's like it truly excites me and keeps me going because you are you are completely right. You study this stuff. You're a policy wonk. You're in on it. You you've done the homework. You know what you're talking about. And this is the kind of outrageous crap that people need to know that is going on. And it's like we were saying in the A block. The the, the government has failed you. The media has failed you. We're not no. we're not we don't want to, I don't want to lie to anybody. Do you want to lie to anybody there, Gimlet? No, I don't want to lie right? to anybody, but we just, I, we just I want am, to have our, we just want to have our feet planted in reality. I am kind of going to backdoor it. Hello. I didn't think okay. you were down with that kind of stuff, but I like what I hear. So we have a very smart governor in this country. Stacy's just going to keep talking like I didn't. <laughs> yeah, I am. I am. <laughs> His name is Ron DeSantis. His name is Ron DeSantis. What does he do? In December, he made a very unusual order in conjunction with his secretary of, or surgeon general, state surgeon general. They said that every lab reporting test results to the state system now had to include the cycle threshold of the test and the reference range. Uh Uh-huh. Following that, move, Ron DeSantis became very oppositional (laughs) on COVID. He knows exactly what's going on. I remember. I remember you and I, you brought this to our attention on the show Mm -hmm. many, many weeks ago and having this discussion. I have a FOIA into the state of Florida. Mm -hmm. And they have been very nice to me so far. And I want every positive test in the cycle threshold and reference range and then for anybody who had a positive test, I want to know if they were included in the Florida death count. That will be wonderful. And you have to keep us updated on what's going on with that. And I'm going to put that one in front of the paywall because it's all real numbers. You just backdoor it. You just, you just, you backdoor it as you, as I know you like to backdoor things. That is a wonderful change that we witnessed in old Ron DeSantis. And it's a, I, I want, I'm not a good scientist. I want your theory to be true. I'm very eager to see the results of your, your uh, freedom of information request. I just from, can't, from the casual, I can't figure, from I the can't casual observer. Would be. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Not to go totally Sherlock Holmes here, but like <laughs> sometimes 
The simplest explanation is the explanation. It's like it's almost as if he could make a decision based on reality. And once he, knew, once he knew what the reality was, he became confident in his decision-making process. And I like it. Well, it I like was, it. He actually sat down with a full hour, for a full hour with Tucker Carlson on Tucker Carlson's interview show. Yes. And, of course, I'm going to watch it because I'm a big Ron DeSantis fan, right? Yup. Yup. I'm like, that's a smart governor. Um, and I'm listening to him talk, and he is citing research papers I have read. He, like, I'm like, this dude has been knee-deep in this stuff. His Surgeon General is smart. He's smart. Whoever, he had the right people advising him, Dr. Bhattacharya, you know, all these dissident doctors that, you know, disagree with Fauci. And I'm like, if he was asking for this, he knew it was important. And yeah. he must have been able to look at what he was seeing and go, yeah, this is garbage. Well, <laughs> we will we will keep you updated on this. I'm sure you'll keep mm -hmm. us all updated. And this is oh, yeah. uh, this is the need for reality. This is mm -hmm. the need for, this is what you, you look for in the media and in your elected officials. Hopefully they're making decisions and reporting on reality. We've got, we've, we've, we're too far away from reality. And in a perfect world, there'd be a paradigm shift all on its own. Now we're looking at big tech and big media and cancel culture and censorship and all that stuff. So uh, that paradigm shift is going to be slower. It'll still happen. It'll still happen. You can't oh. stop it. However, we got to keep we got to keep pushing and pushing and pushing to make it happen. OK, it's a fantastic segment and we're going to keep going. There's going to be a little. Here's what you got. You got you got a commercial break coming up. Then you got me and Paul Hare talking about uh, what's on the Web. Very good one this week. I, 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 that, that segment's fantastic. And we, we want you to join us uh, for the rest of the conversation over on Patreon. And uh, it'll be just a, another big block of, of this wonderfulness. It's over on Patreon. So whip out your credit card. Throw us a couple bucks. This is, uh, and I always feel like I should say this, uh, this all goes to advertise and amplify the voice of this community and, and what's going on uh, for life, liberty, and the pursuit of some serious happiness with a healthy little dose of reality mixed in. So that's what we do with the Patreon money. We amplify, we amplify. We're getting bigger, bigger, bigger. We love you. Stick around. Hey, I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Most brands were overpriced, overdesigned, and out of touch. At Harry's, our approach is simple. Here's our secret. We make sharp, durable blades and sell them at honest prices for as low as $2 each. We care about quality so much that we do some crazy things, like buy a world-class German blade factory. Obsessing over every detail means we're confident in offering a 100% quality guarantee. Millions of guys have already made the switch to Harry's, so thank you if you're one of them. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover. All for just three bucks, plus free shipping. 
Just go to harrys.com and enter 5000 at checkout. That's harrys.com, code 5000. Enjoy! We're doing something new this week. We're we're dancing on the edge. We're because that's how we are. We're so edgy. <laughs> Here's what we're gonna do. This uh this entire block, you guys, is gonna be what's on the web with Paul. It just keeps getting bigger. And I'm like, why fight the wave when you can surf the wave? So here we are. It's gonna be an extended, wonderful, giant cardigan sweater of what's on the web with Paul. And of course, for that, we'll need. Paul here. Hey, buddy, what's happening? Michael, great to be here again. It's it's always lovely to have you with your with your your, your soothing dulcet NPR adjacent tones. <laughs> Love, it. Love it. So here's the big question. It's the question we ask every week. What's on the web, Paul? Well, we gotta start off with Oscars on Blast reaction to the train wreck award show, and that is the one that you wrote. And not only did you write it, but people were flocking to the site to read about it. So what are your thoughts on that? Um, Well, I'll just I'll just put it something in real quickly. Apparently, they were such a train wreck that they barely, barely managed to pull in 10 million viewers. And that was, I guess, after they they scraped to find those 10 million because they were below it originally. Yeah, it is. uh, We got a little bit of an echo. I don't know if it's your headphones or if it's a, a volume thing. But the the Oscars, here's what happened to me. Here's what happened to me, ladies and gentlemen. This is the inside scoop you can only you can only only get here. Uh, I got a phone call. This is why I watched. I got the I got the the email message from uh, my friends at Fox News, and they're like, "Hey, we're thinking about uh, having you on this show to talk about the Oscars. We're we're thinking about it. You know, the news cycle is this and this. But would you mind watching? So you'd be prepared to talk about it on Monday." Okay, I'll watch. So I agree to watch. Big mistake. I'm kidding. So uh, then I get uh, uh, the the confirmation email uh, on Sunday. Yes, definitely watch. Uh, It's going to happen on Monday. And then, of course, on Monday, we're so sorry. Breaking news, blah, blah, blah. So (laughs) that's why why I watched uh, to all the people who were like, I haven't watched that show since 1922. (laughs) It was... Uh, it was, it was, it was horrible. And, and I, I, I used the word train wreck. Like that's the exact word I wanted to use train wreck. They, they, they didn't do it at the Kodak theater. They did it at union station. They had the Oscars at a train station and they had it during the day with sunlight pouring in already. I'm out as a com as a comic, as a performer, as someone who knows the entertainment business, you, you don't. You want style, you want glitz, you want glamour, you want Hollywood magic. And that's what they're killing. They're getting they're killing the Hollywood magic. They're killing the entertainment factor. So <laughs> here you are. You come up on the Oscars and it's a flipping like a train station. It looks like it looks like the Gersh Christmas party. Like they're having it during the day so everybody can get home. Visually it was unappealing. And then the the air quote host comes out, because they technically they say they don't have a quote. 
and it's this actress Regina King. Already a bad call. Never you you don't want an actor or an actress to host the Oscars because they're too involved. They can't do jokes. They can't be funny. They can't be in the moment. They can't because they want to get a job, and it's the people in the audience who are going to hire them. So you, you're not going to have a good time. And then this literally the second sentence out of her mouth was about politics and making a political stance, and it just went downhill after that. It was just <laughs> bad. The immemorium was so fast, was so fast. There was no glamour. It was all politics. It was just horrible, and hopefully it's the wake-up call. You know, people want to say that, that that whole thing of, like, go woke, go broke, or get woke, go broke doesn't work. I think it is working. Yep. If you look at those ratings, for they got a big problem. They have a big problem. Hollywood is full of hype men. You believe you start believing the hype from the sycophants around you and the the the, the your horrible little entourage. Re- reality will set in. It's a it's the perfect metaphor for what's going on in this country right now. That so you'll insist it's popular, but it's not. So doesn't that provide an opportunity then for people to say, "Hey, let's go check out people like the loftusparty.com and we'll get our ent- entertainment from them." Yes. Yes. And it's and uh, oh, my gosh, if you listen to the podcast, you're you're already ahead of the curve. Here's yep. a great little secret that they don't want out the, the, the Hallmark Channel. As much as people like to make fun of the Hallmark Channel and blah, blah, blah. They're doing great. They are doing great. They've been quietly making bank for like the past eight, nine, ten years. Because it is what it is. Boy meets girl. Boy loses girl. Boy gets girl. It's the it's that classic. There's happy endings. Uh, there's always there there has to be a room for for all these movies. I got nothing. Listen, I got no beef with a political movie if it's great. But when it's all political, when it's all political, no, you you have failed to entertain me. Ha <laughs> ha. And that's what they're doing. They have failed to entertain me. Yep. Yeah. They're uh, that that's uh they're digging their own grave and. Personally, I don't care. That's kind of yeah. like, I don't want to get off topic and I don't want to go to something that wasn't on the web, but that's kind of like people are complaining about Elon Musk and Saturday Night Live and, oh, how terrible it is. And I'm thinking, well, who cares anymore? Just go to somewhere else. They're, they're I'm gone. I'm so glad you brought that up. I'm so glad because I didn't even have that on my list of stuff to talk about. But I was like genuinely uh, confounded by that. Like, I, I, I tweeted that out the other day. Like, serious question. Like, what, what is the problem with Elon Musk? I, I don't I, – at first I thought it was a bit. I really thought, like, oh, the SNL cast members are offended that – what? What? Why, are, why would you be offended? You're offended by Elon Musk? Uh, a, a guy who, what, invented PayPal and made a fortune? Now he makes rockets and he, he smokes weed with Joe Rogan and he goes to – he goes to big electronic dance festivals. Like what? What did? What did Elon? How is Elon Musk offensive? I really, I really don't get it. I, I that one. I felt like an old man. I'm like, I must have missed something big, but I don't see how Elon Musk is offensive at all to the left. Well, like I said, to me, it doesn't even matter. Uh, to, is Saturday Night Live relevant anymore? I don't think it is, and. I don't know why people spend so much time complaining about it. Just go somewhere else. Again, go watch Michael Loftus comedy. He has stand-up comedy. Uh, I think is Fox Nation still running the special that you did? Yeah, yeah, it's still on there. That's so, a dude. That's a whole nother conversation. 
whole <laughs> another we're that we're we're far we're getting far from what's on the web but yeah i would think that if you want to have you know political comedy and stuff and some laughs that lean the other way oh my gosh subscribe to the youtube channel share the videos there we go share so, the videos okay let's get back to the web what's on the web with paul okay biggest swing in the world would you and what would you mean would you do it i watched that and that was interesting because they're getting them prepped and i'm like okay is this going to be a zipline thing then they they scroll them out a little bit and they drop them <laughs> yeah so that, that was a sudden drop and on the uh, and one of the comments or the comment i left on that is that would be one of those questions, would I do it, that I'd only be able to answer once I was right there. I'm not sure about that. That's that's you gotta be uh, up for some some exciting and some stomach dropping or being pulled up into your throat when you go on that thing. It it's in New Zealand and it's over this gorge and it's the highest and it's like it's a if you haven't seen the the story or the video, it's you can go with your friend. Two people can sit on the swing and you're 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 buckled in and all that good stuff and you just you just you just go out there. I love these things. I would definitely do it. I would definitely do it, but I would definitely also want to take a look at the equipment and all that good stuff. When I was in <laughs> South Africa, I was in South Africa doing stand-up, and I was in the city of uh Durban. Uh, which is on the coast, whatever. It's a beautiful city. And they built this giant stadium for the World Cup, you know, many, many moons ago. And so they have this big empty stadium. And when when no one's playing soccer, there's a giant arch that goes over the top of this soccer stadium. They, they have a rope hooked up to it. You go all the way up to the top to the edge of the stadium. You get buckled in. And then, woohoo, you go swinging out over over the pitch as they say in jolly old England. <laughs> so I went up there and was not the first in line to do it. It was a very slow day to do this giant rope swing. It was me, uh, uh, Steve Byrne. Who else was there? Steve had a show on TBS for a little while. The scary part? <laughs> the scariest part for me? So you 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 jump out and you there's a moment before the tension collects you know like you're falling falling and then okay then the then the the tension hits and then you're you're actually swinging right that yep. part is so much fun so much fun to just to be literally like flying around you're it feels like you're flying around a big empty stadium the scary part dude is when they start hauling you back up because <laughs> you think the easiest thing to do would be to like lower you down right and then no, they haul you back up. So I'm in this, I'm in this harness and I've, I'm done swinging and it was so much fun. And then they just start slowly pulling me up. And that's when you're like, okay, if it breaks now, if this is when it snaps, this is going to be a bummer. This is going to be a bummer because I'm going to go straight down. That was the scary part. So I don't know how they do it in New Zealand, but New Zealand has all those wacky things. They, they, they do the big swings. They do the biggest bungees. They're crazy. They're crazy down there. And it's the good kind of crazy. Okay. <laughs> Next one up. We're 10 minutes in, Paul. We're going big. Goes quickly. Rockin' 1000 is pure rock joy. Must watch. And what would, And what do you want to say about that one? Dude, you're picking some great ones. These are all like so near and dear to my heart. Okay. So I'm going to say this about the Rockin' 1000. Um, it, this is the power of music. This is the, the Rockin' 1000 is this dude in Italy 
who got together a thousand musicians because he wanted to get the Foo Fighters to come to his town. And so he wanted to make a video that would get the attention of Dave Grohl and the Foo Fighters. So he went on the radio uh, and these local rock stations, and he made an appeal to local musicians. So it was a viral video. Uh, This is maybe 10 years ago. And they did, uh, oh, uh, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Didn't change my life. That Foo Fighter song. Learning to fly? No. Anyway. <laughs> but the video, they're on, once again, it's like an empty field. Maybe, maybe it, was, it wasn't a soccer stadium. A thousand people. You've got 250 drummers. You've got 250 bass players. You've got a couple hundred guitar players. You've got people singing vocals. And this is the, uh, I'll, get, I'll get philosophical about this. They're all doing the same thing. They're all singing along. They're all, no one's getting paid. Everybody's there because they want to be. And they're all singing the same song. And there's just a joy that leaps off the screen and into your heart. And when I was in high school, I was in a band. And we played, we had gigs, regular gigs. On, we had a campus gig and we were pretty popular uh, in, in Columbus, Ohio. And there's a joy, there's a joy you get from music that you don't get from stand up. Like there's, I've had a couple of shows where, literally, like a handful where it's like walking on air, where it's like nothing can go wrong. Every sound you make, every word, every gesture, every movement, it's all perfect. You're almost, it's almost like an out of body experience, and it's it's a wonderful feeling, but it's it's a it's also a lonely feeling. Now, the audience is watching you and everyone's have you're having a great show and everything's perfect. And it's like, wow, this 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 is the special. But you're you're in yourself. And with music, it's a shared thing. So with this 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 band, the thousand, they had such a great time doing this video. And I can see why, because it is this there's just a joy. There's just and you, you don't have to you don't have to talk about it. You don't have to acknowledge it you just you look around and you're feeling it they stuck together this band and they they bring on new people but it's a thousand people they did uh, a a big show in france and i found just three videos they have their own youtube channel they do all kinds of stuff it's fantastic they did rebel rebel by uh bowie and that's another one that was just fantastic and it just it, it put me in such a great mood and I'm glad people responded to that one. That was just a fun, fun video. Yep. Music is a very emotional form of art. In other words, it, it almost purely appeals to the emotion. And you don't, yeah. And, and you can say every form of art has emotion in it, which is true. But I think music is the most emotional forms of art. And I think yeah. that's why you get, the, you get the, the reaction and the feelings from it that you do. And it's the most, in, it's the most inclusive. You go to a concert, right. you're, you're part right. of it. And it, yep. that's it's great and it's wonderful and I love it. Well, okay. well, speaking of speaking of music and speaking of comedy, we have you know it's not just Michael Loftus posting at the Loftus party. You got a bunch of other great writers there, and Cranky Gordon's one of them. And he <laughs> he posted Big Pharma Camp meme. Did you watch yeah. any of those videos that were I that did were, that were put I out? Did. I don't I don't know if if Pfizer was responsible for them or was just a few people weirdos got together and no. just put them out themselves. But what, what, what is that all about? I would almost guarantee that Pfizer put that out. 
Like they subcontracted it out. You guys have to see it because it is <laughs> when the it's word cringe. Yes, it's the word terrible. cringy and cringeworthy is used a lot, but this is it's Pfizer trying to talk about how great the vaccine is and how everything, but they know uh, that if they go heartfelt on it, they're going to be ridiculed. So they decided they go, we're going to be silly. Then they know if we try to be silly, we're going to be ridiculed. So let's make fun of ourselves as we do it. <laughs> so they're trying to be kitschy and they're trying to be uh, irrelevant or not, not or irreverent, irreverent, right? irreverent. Yep. And it's just really, it's it's totally cringy. It's it's you you have to watch it. You, you have want to, to. You want to talk about? We were talking about train wreck earlier. That's one of those things where it's almost. It's awful, but I can't take my eyes off of it. Yes, <laughs> and then, and I think it was my comment on it, was just someone made an absolute fortune. Someone yep. made an absolute fortune. Some The director and the actors and the people who wrote the script, and they they made an absolute fortune off that thing. People <laughs> are making a lot of money off the Rona. <laughs> do we have time for any more? Yeah, we do. We got. We could. We could probably do two more. We're doing. This is the whole C block. This is the whole this is C block. What I, I, I want to bring up now. I'm going to go with the the Jessica. I guess it's Nigri or yes, Nigri just crushing some wild cosplay. I want to. I want to get a few comments and then and then you can talk about that. But one of the things that I don't think anybody saw coming is how just the with the rise of social media, which obviously has been around for years now, but it's allowed average people to become famous and to make some serious coin where no one would have ever thought they could have made that before because um, it, it's it, this person, whoever she is never, you know, before social media, she would have never been anywhere. Um, and it kind of, and it's just kind of an interesting thing to think that people can now make livings. That is if they're not lying about it and who, whoever knows if somebody's telling the truth about it how much they're crushing it on social media or not. But it's interesting that people can now make money that way. And like I said, no one would have ever seen that coming. But I wanted to let you talk about that and, and why you posted it. Well, it's one of the things that I truly love about, seriously. And, and I'm, if you look at the Loftus party, our Twitter, Michael Loftus has created a place for geeks, game. I should take my name off that. Uh, oh, I know why I put it on there. I know why I put it on there because people see me on the news and stuff, and they're like, yes. is this him? Is this not? So that's why I put my name on there. But it's a place for geeks, gamers, sexy mofos, and people who are pimping life, liberty, pursuit of some serious happiness. Comic-Con is nerd culture. That's where it, that's that's ground zero. And it used to be people looking at comic books and blah, 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 blah. Then Hollywood got involved in sci-fi and and Star Wars and before that Star Trek and gamers. It used, to, it used to be dumb, ugly, fat nerds that were into it. Mm-hmm. That's not what it is any longer. Then they started having costume competitions and people. There was like this whole subculture of people who would go to Comic Con in costumes, and they so, were terrible. They were terrible to start with, right? So this there was this wonderful confluence of events. As Comic-Con and these conventions got more popular, skadoosh, here comes Facebook and here comes Instagram. There are these visual mediums. And so to get more popular, you have to raise your cosplay game. 
and and as video games come uh, around, especially the ones on video games, it's like it's comic book stylized women. They're like this total perfection, you know, big chest, great butts, beautiful women wearing skin tight, yada, yada, but they're powerful. And they get, it's this wonderful confluence of, of events. It's, and I think really Instagram is what kicked it up a notch. But, yep. but Jessica, Jessica Negri is one of the top, top cosplay people. And I put up this video. Uh, because she's doing a World of Warcraft. World of Warcraft, I almost started playing that game, but I had someone at at, <laughs> at GameStop years ago warn me, World of Warcraft is the crack cocaine of gaming. You <laughs> will, and it, I was warned off of it. I'm like, I can't, I can't. I'll get, I'll go in, I'll go too deep. So I put up this video of Jessica Negri uh, because she's doing a character from World of Warcraft. Now, she creates all these. If you go to her YouTube channel, this is like uh, the one that I posted is she has two. She has two videos where she's just like, okay, here's me just looking stunning. She <laughs> One of her videos, I almost posted this one. One of her videos is titled, we all know why you're here. We all know why you're here, so let's just do it. And it's just like her. Barely clothed, walking around in slow motion, looking amazing. She makes all these costumes. So I, I I think it's great that she acknowledges that. Like, look, I'm hot and I dress up in these costumes. The remainder of her videos are all like how I made this. Here's how I made this. Here's how I made these wings. Here's how I made this helmet. Here's how I crafted all this stuff. And to me, yeah, she's hot. She's smoking hot. But she makes all these stuff. There's a craftsmanship. And that's the other, that's the other, like, very, very cool thing about it. You can't just be, oh, I'm going to be hot and I'm going to dress up in this costume that somebody else made. Take a picture of me and I'm going to be rich, rich, rich. It's no. that It might happen on a certain level, but by crafting your own costume, you know the character. You're into it. You You actually dig it. And that's, to me, uh, the big the, the big appeal. There and now, there's so much money to be made that there is a wave of women, uh, and I say that because women just do better. You know, well, uh, we talked about this before. It's a visual medium, and that yeah, appeals, yeah, that appeals to that, a fact of life is it's going to appeal to men more. That's yeah, that's a fact of life. But it's like looky lose at the beach. It, no one likes a tourist. Right. You go if you go to a nude beach because you want to get sun on your body and you want to swim in the ocean and you just don't want to have a bathing suit on. That's awesome. And that's great. Then here comes the tourists, the looky loos who are like, I can't believe those people are naked. Nobody <laughs> likes those people. Nobody <laughs> likes those people. And in the world in the world of cosplay, you get some chick who uh, who, oh, she wanted to be in Playboy, but Playboy's not doing it anymore. So oh, I know what I'll do. I'm going to dress up like uh, like Zelda, and I'll go to the cosplay thing, and I'm going to make all this money. Nope, you're a tourist, and no one likes you. That's why, <laughs> that's why I dig uh, Jessica Negri, and there's, a, there's several others that I should showcase that are just fantastic. Now, can I add something onto that here? Yes, here's please. A, here's an exclusive... So I, I write, I author a fiction, I write fiction. I've actually taken photographs of myself and I've then edited it, I've retouched it, as the, the original saying, through photo editing software. And I came out with some pretty neat artwork. I don't, I don't know if I've ever showed that to you before, but I'll have to show it to you sometime. Just yeah. To show 
show what I've done. Obviously, you know, I'm a guy, so you're not going to see me as the, you know, <laughs> the world of Warcraft, but I did it with myself. And the big reason I did it isn't because I think I'm great looking or anything, but if I want to do artwork and I need original artwork, it's a heck of a lot cheaper than me going out there and hiring somebody to do it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm, I cannot wait till like as the Loftus party grows. And I want to thank you guys for visiting the website because Paul and I, we keep track of the numbers and we're, we have other bloggers and it's a, it's a community and it's a growing community as the, as the clicks keep getting bigger and bigger and which is fantastic. And it's, it's you guys, the listeners who are spreading the word and visiting and leaving comments and signing up for the email list, which is on the lower right hand uh, portion of the screen. Uh, I can't wait till we're sending out film crews to these. Uh, I want to go to Star Wars Celebration. I want to send a crew there and interview people. I want to go have. I want us to have a booth at Comic Con. I want to. Uh, we were talking. We started the segment. This is perfect. We started the segment talking about the Oscars, and we'll close it with talking about video games. Uh, the video game culture is quickly taken over. They're they're doing much better than Hollywood is. Yeah, well, that's, that's that's an interesting story that's been brewing for some years now. Yeah, and they've kept it kind of secret. They've kept it kind of secret, but like once again, we were ahead of the curve. We're just following our hearts. We're just following our passions. That's that's really all it is. I I I like video games. I like being able to be completely immersed in an open world and so we'll see what happens with Hollywood. Hopefully they'll get it together. Video games, hopefully they'll keep doing good stuff. I like the I like this I like the independent studios, but I also like the big AAA games. So, uh it's all good. Paul, that was a, a heck of a segment. We went a little bit long, but we I did. Yep. We did. So stick around everybody because the Gimlet and I are going to be switching over to the Patreon. So you're probably on Patreon. It's a couple bucks. It's a couple bucks. But you get the extra segments, you get exclusives and all that good stuff. So, the Gimlet and I bid you a fond farewell until we see you over on Patreon. And Paul, thanks for letting us know what's on the web. Thank you, Michael.